Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. Live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on! Oh. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in with you. 95.7. The game. Leading you up till 6 o'clock, and then the morning roast will take you for the rest of the morning. But want to talk some football for this hour, because what a bizarre week. <laughs> week 15, Every week in the NFL is bizarre at this point, but week 15 was extra bizarre. You are, first off, we already had these games being moved. We have the uh, we had the Raiders and the Browns going from Saturday afternoon being played to today at two o'clock Pacific. Then you got the uh, Seahawks and the Rams; they're moved to Tuesday. But then within the rest of the NFL, you had the game on Saturday between the Colts and the Patriots, where the Colts stumped them twenty-seven to seventeen. And really, they had a, I mean, they had a commanding lead throughout the game. It was in the fourth quarter when the Patriots started to come back in that one. But then yesterday, you had the Lions beating the Cardinals 30 to 12. You had the Jets crushing the Dolphins at one point, but then the Dolphins came all the way back to make it 31 to 24. The Cowboys beat the Giants 21 to 6. That's expected. The Titans, even though they were atop the AFC or could have been atop the AFC, got off to an early 13 to 3 lead. They ended up losing to the Steelers because it turns out that not having Derrick Henry and then Julio Jones uh, leaving the game early with an injury, uh, that had an impact on the game. But the Steelers came out on top there. You had the Texans played the Jaguars. The Bengals beating the Broncos 15-10. to You had the Packers and the Ravens playing at the same time as the Niners and the Falcons, which we do want to get to here. But the Packers squeaking out that win 31-30. to Tyler Huntley leading them all the way down. The Ravens, that is. And he's the backup quarterback leading the Ravens all the way downfield to put them within one. All they needed was a two-point conversion to win or the extra point to tie. They went for the two-point conversion. John Harbaugh sticks to analytics. And then to cap off the bizarro week of Week 15, the Saints beat the Buccaneers 9-0. to 
the Buccaneers scored zero. The first time that Tom Brady has ever been shut out at home. And that's all to say, from that Week 15 weirdness, well, the 49ers, they've won five of their last six, and it feels like they're peaking at the right time. Third and eight is a tough one to get if you're Matt Ryan. Ryan, crumbling pocket, here comes Bosa! Right, the ball came I think out there too. was a fumble on the play at the 38. Bosa getting sacked number 15. Warner vacuums it in with the turnover for San Francisco. Credit to CBS for that audio, but that forced fumble by Nick Bosa there. And Nick Bosa had a total of seven pressures in this game, and he was just feasting on Atlanta's offensive line, as well as the rest of the defense, which uh, we do want to get to here. Um, but Nick Bosa... Yet again, just causing havoc, wreaking havoc within that offensive line. Not letting Matt Ryan look comfortable really all game. It felt like every single time that Matt Ryan was struggling, anytime he'd throw an errant pass, it was always number 97 that was within his vicinity. That was always one to two yards away from him. Just putting his hands in his face. Matt Ryan is going to have nightmares of Nick Bosa. But that was really um, where the game ended. And it happened right at the beginning of the first half. And then the, because the Niners were up 17 to 10 at that point, um, Jimmy Garoppolo was fantastic in this game. And he led them to 17 points in the first half. But after that forced fumble, the 49ers would then uh, had the ball at the 38. Then they'd easily score a, t- score a touchdown just by having a couple of passes to George Kittle, then Debo Samuel, and they had a lot of yards after the catch. At least Debo did uh, on his play. He's just awesome. And then uh, Jeff Wilson would run the ball in. But this is the issue here. and we'll, we'll get to everything around the game. We'll get to Jimmy Garoppolo, the defensive line, Jeff Wilson Jr., everything. But what I talked about last week on the doghouse, if you ever tune into the doghouse, it's we've created our own doghouse here at the 5 a.m. show. Instead of Kyle Shanahan having a doghouse, why can't we? And some of the guys that were in my doghouse were the people who were just crapping all over analytics telling you to go for it on fourth down. Because I don't care what analytics say. But when the 49ers go up 24 to 10, they're already up by two scores. Then the Falcons, from their own 25, they drive downfield. They had a couple of passes to uh, Russell Gage. Russell Gage, I thought, was awesome in this game. Uh, You had one to Zacchaeus, I believe is how you pronounce his name. But they get all the way down to the 49ers' four-yard line. And at this point, the game's already out of reach. But they get to fourth down. And they're at fourth and four, essentially, in order to get into the end zone. And they kick a field goal. They kick a field goal. That's when you knew the nail was in the coffin right there. And that could be a product of what the defense was putting out there. I mean, you know, the the defense was stopping them at every turn, except for Ombre Thomas, who actually I do want to talk about as well. Fred Warner was awesome in this game. That D-line was pressuring Matt Ryan on half of his dropbacks. Uh, Jaquaski Tart made a uh, missed a couple of tackles, but he also made a couple of nice plays out there. Um, I, they had a good overall game. Flanagan Fowles had a really nice uh, uh, stop on a screen pass. He read it perfectly. 
the defense was playing out of their mind yesterday, but I have such an issue when, no matter who the team is, when that coach decides to not go for it, when you're deep in the opponent's territory and you got nothing to lose. That might also be because they continued to stop them at the goal line and they didn't seem to have an answer. But I don't know why the Falcons just don't throw to Kyle Pitts every time. Hey, however many plays we're going to run, 60 to 70 plays total. Let me let me pull up the exact total of the amount of plays that they ran. They ran 58 in this game compared to the 49ers, 56. Out of those 58 plays, you might as well just give Kyle Pitts 58 targets. You might as well, because having Cordero Patterson as a running back, it's not going to work against the 49ers. It's not going to work against that team. They were stopping him at every turn. Hell, at the from the opening drive when you know they scored the touchdown and then it got uh, then it got uh, reviewed and then reversed and it wasn't a touchdown. Then the 49ers stopped them on downs. They didn't really have an answer. They did not have an answer for him at all. And maybe that's the reason, but I just grow more and more frustrated um, by those types of plays. And you know what? If we're just getting the frustrations out right now, uh, let me play this sound clip for you from Kyle Shanahan because the one touchdown that the Falcons ended up scoring, and that was in the first half, it was due to, well, at least the drive continued due to the penalty on Arden Key for one, uh, for a neutral zone infraction. But then when they got to the 49ers 30-yard line and it's third and four, Arden Key gets the sack. Then he was called for roughing the passer. Here's Kyle Shanahan talking about that. You're not allowed to land on the quarterbacks in a certain way. I'm not exactly sure. That's when I want to check out, check with the league. I feel like it's a little different when you're, when you're hitting them from behind and stuff and they're going forward. You don't totally always know if they're still a passer running forward to move the chains on third down so I think he had one earlier this year that he's got to avoid I thought that one was tough though so I'll see on the film and see what the league has to say it's way too close the last one I understand because he had a couple of steps he had an opportunity really just to push him down I don't know but in this one with Matt Ryan he had no other option but to fall with his body weight on him. It is so tough for these defensive linemen. And if I had to choose, I, I'm so angry that both the taunting penalty and the roughing the passer penalty, the one with the full body weight, I hate that there are rules in this in today's NFL, but I'm starting to hate this roughing the passer one more than the taunting. <laughs> I really am. Because there's nothing that these linemen can do, and it led to a touchdown for the Falcons and you know, sort of kept them in the game. It didn't feel like the Falcons really had any chance. They didn't look comfortable at all when they were on offense. All they do was just try and hurl it up to Russell Gage. And speaking of that following drive where the Falcons did end up scoring the touchdown, a lot of people are getting on Ombre Thomas, not only because of what happened last week where a sack and an interception were taken away because of hand-to-the-face penalties by Ombre Thomas on Jamar Chase. Um, So that's lingering over to this week. But a lot of people are paying attention to how they were throwing to Russell Gage and how they were targeting him, really. At least in that end zone play, in that catch with Russell Gage, I don't know how much better Ombre Thomas could have made a play on that. Maybe he could have gotten his hands up and tried to make a play on the ball, but it just gets to a point where you got to accept that the offense just made a better play than the defense, and that's that. Ombre Thomas was in the right spot. He, he, it felt like he timed it right. 
But Russell Gage just made an unreal catch in the end zone in order to score the touchdown. I don't know why we're getting on Ombre Thomas so much for that touchdown pass. I felt like he was in the right position. I felt like he was making the right play. Just so happened that the wide receiver made a better catch. It happens in sports, and we just got to give them props. But other than that, the Falcons really weren't able to do anything. Running the ball with Cordero Patterson, hell, and Mike Davis, too. Mike Davis, what happened to him? Six carries, 21 yards. Cordero Patterson, 11 carries, 18 yards. Is that really what the Falcons got? I'm I'm speaking so much on the Falcons right now, but I just have so many issues with how they played that game yesterday. Even though the 49ers were completely dominant, Jeff Wilson Jr., his 21 carries for 110 yards, a majority of them from the outside zone run, I thought he was awesome yesterday. And it's no surprise, though. It's no surprise. We've seen Jeff Wilson do this before. He is a very, very good number two back. He could be a number one back on a lot of teams, but... I don't even know what a number one back is anymore. It feels like the two running back system is being used so much. It's so prevalent among the NFL. But Jeff Wilson is one of those guys that you could at least use at, at, at a, in a platoon type of space. But he was the bell cow yesterday, and it felt like every run that he had was tough. The offensive line was given a lot of push. I thought they won that game totally in the trenches on both sides of the ball. But they also wanted in pass protection, the offensive line, that is. And I want to get to Jimmy Garoppolo coming up next. And I want to know from you at 888-957-9570, how did Jimmy Garoppolo look to you? Did you just think it was another Jimmy Garoppolo game? Or is this one where it opened your eyes and you're like, damn, maybe I underestimated this dude. What do you think? 888-957-9570. We'll talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and, of course, everything else with the 49ers and the Falcons coming up next. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. of the tight end Kyle Pitts with the coverage by Jaquaski Tart. 
And on downs, the Falcons will give it up. Goal line stand by San Francisco's defense. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. We got Duriel in Arizona on the line, and if you want to join Duriel, 888-957-9570, you can join him on the phone line. Get in line! It's a hot-button ticket to join the pregame show at 5.18 in the morning. (laughs) Credit to CBS for that audio. That was the opening goal line stand for the Niners, the first of three, and... It just didn't feel like the Falcons had any shot when they were uh, within the red zone. But I'm, I'm still, I'm still gonna harp on that one field goal that they decided to go with when the Niners are already up by two scores. Just go for it. You don't have anything to lose. That three points extra is an embarrassment. Anyway, I want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo though. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. What did you think overall of Jimmy Garoppolo's performance in this game? 18 of 23, 235 yards, one touchdown, and he averaged 10.2 yards per completion. Now, I'm just going to throw this out there, too. Another guy on the quarterback stat list here in the box score is Debo Samuel. I've never, I, I try not to, you know, get excited about predictions. I, honestly, I remember a lot of the ones that I say, but there are some where I just say stuff and, you know, if it becomes, if it comes true, then okay. Oh yeah, I did say that. You know, I'll go back and think about it. But one thing I know for certain from last week that I did say was that Kyle Shanahan, I think his, there are two priorities for Kyle Shanahan this season. Number one, win a Super Bowl. Number two, Get a wide receiver to throw a touchdown pass. And I said last week, Debo Samuel was going to be his next victim. And Debo Samuel was, did not even try to throw the ball. Maybe he was in a situation where, you know, he was trying to run it and then eventually he just like cocked back and, you know, tried to, it looked like he was going to throw it. Maybe he was just faking it. I don't know. But I was very proud of that. Very proud of that. But Jimmy Garoppolo in this game. I'm at the point now where, and we'll get to you, Duriel. Hang, hold tight here. And triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. If you want to, if you want to weigh in. But Garoppolo yesterday looked like the Jimmy Garoppolo that we've seen in 2019. The type of quarterback play that not only has kept him his job uh, this season, but has also kept the fans engaged because this could easily be a situation we're not hearing it so much this could easily be a situation where fans are calling for Trey Lance the only time that fans have called for Trey this season well there there were maybe a couple of games here or there early on but for these last six games we've heard it we actually have heard it once you know we we have heard that once but it was still close there's no way you're bringing in Trey in that in that moment but we've only really heard hey Trey needs to play during garbage time. Trey needs to play when the game is put away. And Kyle Shanahan didn't even think about sitting his starters. Uh, But in this game, a lot of Garoppolo's passes uh, were to the left side. He was just attacking. uh, He was just attacking the left. Boom, 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 boom. And he also had that nice play action pass to George Kittle over the middle of the field. And Kittle down the middle, baby. We'll go. We'll actually talk about George Kittle also uh, in the show. But I think at the very least. Players, in my opinion, they don't think about um, that 
trade that's coming up. They don't think about the inevitability. I I really do think that when they tell the media that they're just so focused on the next week, they're not so focused on the season, I do believe that. Now, it does get into some quarterbacks' heads, but it clearly hasn't for Jimmy G. He hasn't been playing scared. He's been playing very confident. He's been playing like he understands the offense, like he is the franchise guy. Now, you've heard me on this show. I'm, I've been very critical of him, but it's hard to be critical for these past five of the six weeks as they continue to stack up the wins. And when you really look at it, when you really look at the contracts and the value for those contracts, and we'll just take the average. We'll just take the average annual value, so the amount that they're getting paid per year. Patrick Mahomes is obviously number one at $45 million. Then you go Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, and then you go down to Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, to me, if he's the 12th highest paid quarterback in terms of average annual value, the quarterback right below him is uh, Matthew Stafford. He's actually getting paid half a million less uh, than Jimmy G, but then all the guaranteed comes into it, and he's getting paid uh, a lot more guaranteed money. So that, ha- that definitely ha- plays a factor into it. But at the very least, Garoppolo is playing at least like the 12th highest paid quarterback should play. A guy who can get you wins and also run the offense. There hasn't been a lot of mix-ups. You know, yesterday you were seeing you were seeing it with the Falcons in the in the first half. You saw them call two very early timeouts when Matt Ryan didn't want him to. That is due to them not understanding the defense, the offense not being in sync with each other, not understanding communication. Whereas on the other side of the ball, when the 49ers are when the 49ers are running, you know, a 10 play, 90 yard drive, or whatever crazy number you could think of. I mean, there's been plenty of them. There's 13 play drives, 18 play drives, 22 play drives. If you uh, don't count the penalties in that situation, which people did, it only counted as a 20 play drive a few weeks ago. I forgot which game it was uh, specifically, but Garoppolo is just playing like the serviceable starting quarterback that he is and you might take that as a uh, you might take that as a as an insult you might take that as disrespect towards Jimmy Garoppolo but at the very least he is playing up to his contract hell even better than his contract I think he's playing better than the 12th best quarterback in the NFL right now although when you are going to make the argument for him and you're telling me that he's averaging more yards than any other quarterback in the NFL actually if you look at the if you look at the stat list at the very top is Dante Pettis he's at the top he's averaging 13 yards per throw cuz he's only had like two throws on the season but Jimmy Garoppolo is right at the top of the list right above Kyler Murray averaging 8.5 yards per completion uh but that doesn't take the yards after the catch into account and whenever we're talking about averages like that, you have to look a little deeper because those the 64% of the yards that he gained yesterday, the yards that he completed, out of his 235, 64% of them were yards after the catch. 
So I do take that into account when talking about Garoppolo as well. And if you really want to, if you really want to look into it, he's actually tenth in the league in terms of average completed air yards, and that's really looking way deep into it. But I, I, I don't buy the. You know, he's averaging more yards than any quarterback in the NFL. I, I really don't buy that sort of thing. All right, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's the text line in the phone number. Let's get to Duriel. Duriel's in Arizona. What's going on, Duriel? Hey, good morning, nice guy. Uh, you know, the thing is that James Garoppolo, Jimmy G, you know, how everybody calls him. I've been calling him James because it's more serious, and this is serious. His job's on the line every snap. Every game, and yeah, James, let them know you don't want Lance taking your doggone snaps. That's your team. You're the one that's going to lead them. You come back from Disney World with that Super Bowl MVP in hand, there ain't no way we're getting rid of you. You know why? Because we're a class organization. Class organizations don't do stuff like trade away a quarterback who just won the Super Bowl just so we could play a guy that sold a bunch of jerseys. That's not how it works. We don't trade away a guy who went to the Super Bowl and had a Super Bowl uh, appearance and had one bad season after that. You don't trade away a guy uh, like that and get rid of him. His contract wasn't up yet. We've been fair to him. We let him play out his contract. He knows where he's at. He knows what he's up against. He knows what kind of fan base he's dealing with. The sharks in the water. They can bite his head off if he has a bad day. So, James, keep on doing what you're doing. You're playing like Joe Montana. Keep going to his house, mowing his lawn, letting some of that greatness ooze off onto you. All right, appreciate the phone call, Duriel. <laughs> Not really sure what the point is there. I don't know whether he thinks Jimmy's good or bad or whatever, but I always appreciate Duriel call- calling in, and he knows that. All right, 888 We are getting a couple of more callers here, and I'm not trying to say that he's been a bad quarterback at all. I'm sure people are you know, misunderstanding what I'm saying or misinterpreting what I'm saying, but these past six weeks, he's been awesome. He has been awesome. He's had a couple of those games where, you know, he's made those Jimmy O no throws or whatever you want to call them. And how much can you really evaluate when it's going up against the Falcons? But at least he is crushing an opponent that he should beat. That's what good teams do. That's what good quarterbacks do. Now, sometimes we've seen good quarterbacks maybe have a bad game here or there, but it doesn't seem like that's happened with Garoppolo, at least going up against teams uh, that are worse than the 49ers. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, as far as peaking at the right time, not only did, does Garoppolo just look in sync with Ayuk and Debo Samuel, as the text line is saying here uh, from the 415, got to give Jimmy credit. He's in sync with his receivers now. Seems like George Kittle has become the number one priority in the passing game now. In pecking order, it seems like get Kittle targets, get Debo carries, and then also let's get Ayuk the ball too. And then when we're in the red zone, if we have an opportunity, let's get Jawan Jennings a pass. Let's get let's get him a target in the red zone. He's tall. He can high point the ball. Like They seem to have that identity. And not only that, they also ran the ball in with Kyle Juszczyk in this game. His first touchdown of the season. Kind of surprising knowing how much Kyle Shanahan liked to use him. But not only that, they are staying healthy at this point. They've been through their bumps in the road so far this season, and it's definitely not over. Definitely not over. we got three more weeks left of this thing, which is crazy to say considering we're in week 15. Still got three more. It's supposed to be two. Damn it. I I do not like, I'm not going to enjoy saying nine and eight or eight and nine. It's eight and eight or seven and nine, damn it, or nine and seven. Not looking forward to that. But leading up to these three weeks, 
They look like they have a very healthy roster on the offensive side of the ball. The defense, of course, you're missing Greenlaw. You're missing Aziz Al-Shair. But you still got Nick Bosa on the defensive line. Uh, Arden Key and Eric Armstead seem to have been feasting off of the meals that were being served by Nick Bosa. Uh, Like I, I think that overall... They, the reason I say they're peaking at the right time is because they are healthy and it seems like they really understand their identity and the players know their roles and they run it perfectly and they're happy to do it. They're happy to do it. doesn't seem like there's any dysfunction as of right now within that organization. There's so much dysfunction going on everywhere and we don't even know about it. I mean, the Steelers, they got that win 19-13 over the Titans. They're lucky they won that game because right now within the team with that whole situation with Chase Claypool and him celebrating and when they're in the fourth quarter and time's running out time's running out, and he's taking time off the clock just because he wants to celebrate a dance, I guarantee you it was not pretty in that locker room. The 49ers... They're looking good heading into December and then as well as January. I mean, it's it, they're looking real good right now. All right, we got two callers there on the line. Stay on hold. I'll get your names and, your, and where you're calling from after the break. Want to continue to talk about the 49ers. But one question that I have, because overall I do want to talk about whether they're, they're peaking right now at the right time and want to talk more about that Falcons and Niners game. But I do have a question, and this is a very specific one, that I want you to weigh in on the text line. And of course, you can as well at the phone at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Which is worse, the taunting penalties or the roughing the passer call when the defensive lineman puts his full or whoever it is making the sack puts his full body weight on the quarterback and gets called roughing the passer? Which is worse, the taunting or those roughing the passer calls with the full body weight? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. I want to get your answers and, and, and explain why I'm asking that question on the other side because I opened the show up with it, but I want to get your take on it. We'll get to all that next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. done this in a while but Joe Shasky and you can hear from Joe Shasky of course coming up in about a half hour here from 6 to 9 on the morning roast along with Bonte Hill but Joe brought in hash browns shout out to Joe except I decided to eat one then realized I had about 20 seconds left until I was going into the segment so speaking with a lot of saliva right now but I asked the question at 888-957-9570 let me turn off my mic real quick clear the throat All right. I think I'm okay. But I asked you before the segment, or excuse me, before the break, I'm flustered. Which is worse, those roughing the passer penalties where the defensive lineman has to puts the full body weight on the quarterback and that automatically gets called or the taunting penalties, 888-957-9570. Because the only touchdown that the Falcons had in that game was not only due to a neutral zone infraction by Arden Key, 
and then the Falcons would go downfield, but they were in the thir- they were in a third and fourth situation, and the the Falcons just couldn't con- uh, couldn't convert third downs all that well yesterday. They were five of thirteen overall, but it felt like when it mattered, uh, they just couldn't do it. And it was a third and fourth situation. Arden Key gets the sack, what looks like a sack. And then he lands on Matt Ryan with his full body weight. It gets called for a roughing the passer penalty. And then the Falcons would go on to score a touchdown because uh, Russell Gage would high point a ball in what was a very, very nice catch. And then Kyle Shanahan said this after the game about that penalty. You're not allowed to land on the quarterbacks in a certain way. I'm not exactly sure. That's when I want to check out, check with the league. I feel like it's a little different when you're, when you're hitting from behind and stuff and they're going forward. You don't totally always know if they're still a passer running forward to move the chains on third down so I think he had one earlier this year that he's got to avoid I thought that one was tough though so I'll see on the film and see what the league has to say about it and for my take on it before we actually do get back into the game but with my take on it and we got Eric in Oakland on the line by the way and Eric in Oakland is fired up he did that thing that callers do where you screen the call and then they start to give their take. And I can tell you that Eric is excited to talk some 49er football. So we'll get to him in just a second. But my overall opinion on it is the taunting penalties, I think that what constitutes as taunting is soft in general. Like, I don't think wagging a finger at a player should be considered a taunting. I just don't. I think that's a lot of fun. I think that's just trash talk. You know, and and but that is the rule. And you have to know that those are the rules. Them's the rules. You you wag your finger at somebody? At a player? Good lord, that hash brown is still still impacting my game here. Uh but if you wag a finger in a player's face, you know, give them a tumbo, then you're going to get called 15 yards for it. I think it's BS, but the rule is in place. With the roughing the passer, with that play specifically on Arden Key, knowing how much it can change the outcome of a game, I can't stand it when it's in that situation where Key is tussling with the tackle the entire time. Just hand, hand-to-hand combat, boom, but he's pushing him back into the quarterback. And then he has an opportunity to sack Matt Ryan. And when he does, he's falling in such a way where there's no other chance that he could just, you know, fade to the side and maybe just avoid putting his body weight on Matt Ryan. Like, there's no way you could do that in real time. Even in slow-mo, it looked hard to do. So, I don't know. I'm just getting more and more frustrated by the roughing the passer penalties in general. But the full body weight one, I mean, there's been one where I saw Kyler Murray just straight get pushed to the ground and they called it roughing the passer for no reason as soon as he as soon as he released the ball. It's like, what are we doing? But the full body weight one gets me every time. I know they're trying to avoid serious injury because it happened, I believe, to Aaron Rodgers. But and, and there was also a time with Baker Mayfield earlier this season where he had a torn labrum after the game because that happened. But there are just certain situations. I don't know. Is there any way that they could call that on a curve? You know what I mean? Is there any way that they can try and just dissect it in a way where they where they come to the conclusion that the player had no other uh, had no other choice but to use his full body weight? I just we could, I would just wish we could look at those a little a little more instead of just giving them a roughing the passer and then boom the other team has a chance to score. I, I just I, I think that's something that the NFL can change. It would make the games a little longer, but I think that would be worth it. 
Uh, let's see here. We're getting damn. We're getting a lot. Shout out to all of you. Woo! From the four one five, driving the quarterback is worse. He was falling forward. What's he supposed to do? It's called gravity. From the four oh eight, the sack is worse because your body momentum is doing what it wants, and that's to get to the quarterback and destroy him. And you don't have time to second guess. Taunting is controlled by the player, so that flag is deserved. From the six five zero, the roughing the passer because a six five guy weighing two fifty, asking him to stop moving, especially if he's in the air already, is a tough task. Who wants to land on their ribs? I hate that call most going back to when Brooks did it to Bree to Breeze some years back. Such bull stuff. That was wild. Do you ever just go back and watch, look at that picture every now and then? Just to see how a man's neck can somehow extend from a tackle? Just take away the fact that it was a penalty, which it shouldn't have been. But just watching his neck, I've never seen anyone's neck look like that at all. From the 707, ask Max Crosby this question. From the 925, good morning. This is from Trevor, the 925. The taunting is worse because it's senseless. The roughing the penalty is bad because of the risk of injury to the quarterback, even though it's not intentional. Roughing often occurs when the tackler does what he always has, but forgot to ease up. Kevin and Napa... Neither of those calls were as bad as the roughing the kicker call on Sunday night game. It was absolutely ridiculous, and I gave, it gave the ball back to the Saints. Crazy S-O-F-T. And from the 5-1-0, I understand the body weight roughing the passer penalty. It's about player safety, even though it's hard for a 300-plus pound guy to control how he lands. Taunting is a stupid penalty. These are grown men making millions of dollars. Let them express themselves. And it's not even setting a bad example, you know? The roughing the passer thing, I just get so annoyed by it. So annoyed, especially with a guy like Arden Key, who you've heard me on this show before. I'm very critical of the guy because of the way that he left the Raiders and me being a Raider guy. That's expected. It's natural. But he definitely deserved every sack that he got in that game yesterday. And to have it taken away just because he put his full body weight on the quarterback, I hate that. I can't stand it. All right, well, if you're just tuning in at 544 in the morning, we're talking about penalties and complaining about them. Hope you're having a great Monday morning, but let's get back to the actual game. Eric in Oakland, get us back on track here. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number, of course, if you want to weigh in. But Eric in Oakland was at the game yesterday. What'd you think, Eric? And I was lucky I was lucky enough to be sitting in the end zone with my son. Uh, he's on break and everything where all the action was, the north end zone. I, I have to give it to the 49ers team as a whole, uh, minus special teams, for being, you know, strong out there, uh, laying, putting their big big boy pads on because, man, there was some hitting going on yesterday. Scramble by Matt Ryan trying to run in, and uh, Tart comes in, and he cleans it up, just lays him out. And then the one thing that I just I, – I, I, I don't know what I was watching. Debo on the run and the goal line – all of a sudden, I see this mouthpiece or this shrapnel flying through the air, and it was a DB's mouthpiece. That guy rocked him. It was so freaking funny yesterday. I could not believe how hard and how tough this 49er team is playing. I got to tell you something, man. Matt Ryan yesterday was crying the whole game. He was pulling LeBron James. Any Anytime he was touched, he was looking at the refs. <laughs> he touched me. I'm Matt Ryan. You can't be a... Uh, that's why they got that Arden key call on him, man which was a bunch of garbage as well. 
I don't think Arden Key's uh, second sack should have been a penalty at all. In fact, if you go back and look at the first sack, he actually sacked them and kind of laid off of them. He could right. have driven them that time too, but that second sack was just a bunch of, you know what, boo so, 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 wait, so, hang on, Eric, 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 Eric real, real quick. Where were you? Where are you sitting? Here, in, where were you sitting in relation to this game with uh, where Debo Samuel and the mouthpiece with AJ Terrell? Where were you sitting? Could you? You could see the mouthpiece actually fly out of the dude's helmet. I was. I we were in the end zone. That end zone right there. Oh, nice. Like I said I don't know what was popping up, but but it was like a video. It was like Call of Duty. This shrapnel coming out from a helmet. I don't know what it was, and all of a sudden I looked, and there's a white piece flying in the air. I mean, if it was any harder, I could have probably caught it. Honestly, I'm, I'm I'm being funny, but that thing was up in the air, man, and I don't know what it was until he picked it up. It was brutal. That was a hit. That was one of those video game highlights. I mean, if anybody knows oh, yeah. any of those, like you know, highlights for Debo, that was a highlight right there. He laid the wood. He 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 was Ronnie Lott with the ball yesterday. That was bad, bad. I mean, they're they're they really are finding their identity right now, and I appreciate the phone call, Eric. And triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's going to be the question here. I try not to go too much with big picture stuff throughout the week, but I feel like this week it's a, or at least on a football Monday after the Sunday because there's so much to dissect from the game, and there has been with the Seahawks and the Bengals, but you know. The big picture stuff can take a can, can you know take the back seat in those conversations, but on this Monday, I feel like it's appropriate because the 49ers just crushed the Falcons. The Falcons had no chance, especially. I'm going to say it one more time. This is the third time I've said it on the show so far, and you may think I'm just repeating myself, but this is the thing that really annoys me. Also, if you're deep in opponent territory, especially. Within the five. If you're at the four-yard line and you're at fourth down, go for it. Like, what are you doing, Arthur Smith? Arthur Smith sounds like a sounds like a great writer, doesn't he? Sounds like he the, the head coach of the Falcons. Sounds like the name of someone who'd be like a great writer. Oh, yeah, that Arthur Smith novel. Yeah, that movie, that, that's an adapted screenplay by that novel by Arthur Smith. But Arthur Smith is not good at writing plays for fourth down deep in opponent territory. I get so annoyed by that every time. Then he makes the score 24 to 13. Oh, great. Now you're down by 11. Sick. <laughs> Attaboy, Arthur. But big picture stuff. Because where's your confidence level at right now in terms of the playoffs? Because, look, this 49er team, it seems like they're humming. You know, they just got Fred Warner back, and Fred Warner doesn't look like that injury's hampered him at all. That dude was making plays yesterday. Wasn't amazing in coverage, but at least when they tried to run the ball, a big part of Cordero Patterson running the ball 11 times for 18 yards was due to Fred Warner and what he was doing, commanding and leading the defense. Jimmy Garoppolo has these wide receivers working so well. George Kittle is getting a majority of the targets the way that it should be. He had six receptions for 93 yards yesterday. Would have had three straight 100-yard games had you know it not been 31-13. to Hell, you know what? If you want to blame anything on George Kittle not getting the third straight 100-yard game, Blame Arthur Smith for not going for it on fourth down deep in opponent territory. Because if he would have done that, maybe he would have scored and he would have had to get the ball more to George Kittle. But, nevertheless, he was looking great. Debo has found his role. And now with Debo getting more than just two targets, 
Because that's what it was. When he was, you know, being the primary running back, and I mean, speaking of, actually, you know what, let me get to that in just a second, but Debo has normally been getting, you know, one to two targets a game, and you'd see his stat line, it would look like six carries for 66 yards or seven carries for whatever, but he'd only have one to two targets, and the one reception that he would have would be on third down. But this time, they've really started to split it up. He had his six carries yesterday. Of course, the one going for the touchdown. And how is it just not a hint to the defense now? Hey, if we're in shotgun and Debo Samuel is lined up alongside Jimmy G, they're more uh, more likely than not to run the ball with Debo. But there's nothing that they could do to stop it. But in yesterday's game, he had five targets in this one. Four receptions for 60 yards. And my mind you know, was racing this morning on the way in as I was driving. Maybe it was because I was driving and I was going at a high speed. But yesterday, when I'm seeing the middle of the field open constantly, I do wonder about that because it's pretty clear to any regular 49er fan, to anyone who's watching these games, that the middle of the field is the bread and butter. Jimmy Garoppolo on those quick crossing routes from the wide receivers. The dude is as accurate as any quarterback when throwing the ball on those routes. The only other guy who's just as uh, accurate as he is on those types of plays is, well, Tom Brady. It always gets me anytime someone says, oh, well, he's throwing these guys to possibly get hurt. Yeah, he played with Tom Brady. Tom Brady, when Julian Edelman would get like four inches of space, Brady would get to him on on a slant. (laughs) and he managed to complete it. Like, that's what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do. But I did wonder, the middle of the field is always so wide open, and no matter how much they go to it, they, they 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 don't have some guy double covered. Uh, actually, a lot of the throws that Jimmy Garoppolo was making yesterday, they were you know a, a lot of them were aggressive throws, quote unquote. I'm using air quotes here on radio. You can't really tell because I'm not on video, but aggressive throws, which are throws where the defender is within one yard of the intended target. So he made I think 25 percent of his throws yesterday were aggressive, which is a very high number. But the reason being, the field is so open in the middle, it's because of Debo Samuel and George Kittle. When those two are on the field at the same time, we don't use this so much within the NFL, but within basketball, because you can use this stat, I would love an on- and off-field stat for when Debo and George Kittle are on the field compared to when they're off. Because when they're both on the field, you don't know whether they're going to possibly run the ball with their staple of running backs. Jeff Wilson looked great yesterday. You don't know whether they're going to run the ball with Debo. You don't know whether they're going to you know, have a slant to Brandon Ayuk. Haven't even talked about Ayuk, really. But that one reception that he had on his two targets, that was a huge reception yesterday. And Debo Samuel, by the way, blocking downfield. Go back and watch that catch by Ayuk. And watch Debo just holding his block on the corner the entire time. It's uh, it's pretty funny play because it looked like they both kind of gave up on it. And then Debo realized, oh, snap, Ayuk has the ball and he's running behind me. I better make this block. So he kept on uh, he kept on chugging with it. But it just seems like they're at a point now where they're not so predictable because that middle of the field is open due to their unpredictability. Because they're so focused on, you know, possibly stopping the run to the outside where Jeff Wilson was so strong 
possibly stopping a run with Debo Samuel up the middle with a gun run. They're so focused on one thing that the 49ers can do three different things. And now going forward, right now, knock on whatever material this table's made out of. I don't know if this is wood. It might be wood. I think it's wood. So knock on this table that's hopefully made out of wood. <laughs> these, uh, good Lord, these, uh, these injuries right now have, you know, they've held up. These guys have come back, they've looked okay, and right now, they're getting to the meatiest part of the season while looking very healthy. And they go into Thursday night's football game. The Titans are going to be without Derrick Henry. They're going to Tennessee to play this one. I'd take the under, personally, because it's going to be a cold-weather game. But... There's a possibility they could be getting A.J. Brown back. A.J. Brown has been playing, has been on IR for the past few weeks. This week, it was a toss-up. They weren't going to play him. So this next one, they say he's been ramping up his work ethic and his, his workouts ever since he was put on IR back in week 12. So he's eligible to be activated for this week uh, to possibly play against the 49ers. But even so, they're still missing Derrick Henry. Their star left tackle, Taylor Luan, out for the season with an injury. Like, they've been banged up, and a lot of these teams have been banged up. You saw yesterday Mike Evans and Chris Godwin go down for the Bucks. They were out for that game. They didn't even score any points. When we just talk about peaking at the right time, at the very least, the 49ers are looking healthy at the right time. And that's what you need right now in this quote-unquote war of attrition. From the 510. Here we go, Oreo Cookie. My man, thank you for bringing this up. Kyle seems hard headed on a wide receiver throwing a touchdown. It hasn't worked the last five times we tried. Stop. Now, I beg to differ on that one, Oreo Cookie, because, and I'm going to give you some double stuffed here. I don't even know what that means. But they tried that play with Jawan Jennings, and George Kittle was knocked over by the defender. And it was a penalty. And it was a you know placed at the spot of the foul. I mean, if that one it, it was a few weeks ago, but if that one, you know, would have been completed, it would have been a touchdown. But you're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. I don't think it needs to stop. Each week. Each week. The the rest of the season, he's going to do that. His number one priority is making the Super Bowl. Number one. Number two, get a wide receiver to throw a touchdown. That's what he's trying. Debo Samuel was next up. I mean, that's what I that's why I asked the question. Has anyone, you know, had a receiving touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a throwing touchdown within the same game? And then of course I got a whole bunch of texts with the LT, Ladanian Tomlinson, of course. So I had to go back and look at it. But I felt like Debo Samuel was gonna be the next one up, and he was. He was. Uh, from the from Junior in Berkeley, uh, from the 510, I know it's not mark my words, but mark my words, the Niners will be in the NFC Championship. Wow. From the 707, the worst part of that roughing call was that this player makes an outstanding play, and instead of being rewarded, he and the team especially are punished the next time. The little bit of hesitation could be the difference from getting a sack, which he deserved, or having the quarterback get rid of the ball just in time. And that's really where I'm at. That's really where I'm at. But looking at the rest of the NFC right now, and that text, of course, was uh, was harping back to the Arden Key roughing the passer call, which I already went off for 10 minutes on. It, it, it really frustrates me. Uh, but when you're looking at the NFC right now and how things are shaking up, you got 
Packers at number one. They clinched the NFC North with that win over the Ravens, even though the Ravens, you know, should have taken that game into overtime, kicking the extra point, but instead they decided to go for two and tried to be aggressive. I, I, I don't really know. I mean, what they were trying to do there. Maybe they feel like. They got a hold on that uh, on that AFC North, uh, but right now they're eight and six, and the Browns and the Steelers are seven and six. So that's just as close as any division can get, really, at least within the top, because the Bengals are now eight and six as well. Like, good lord! But within the NFC, you got the Packers right now at the number one, Cowboys at number two, ten and four. They got that win over the Giants, and they're on to face Washington again. You got the Bucks who are ten and four now at the three seed. You got the Cardinals who are ten and four, just lost to Aaron. Arizona, and I got to be honest with you, I did not watch much of that game, so I can't tell you why they lost, but being without DeAndre Hopkins, maybe it hurt them a little bit more uh, than expected. And then you got the Rams with the fifth seed at nine and four, and the Niners at eight and six. Then you got the Saints at seven and seven, and Washington at six and seven, and then the Vikings at six and seven. I'm at the point now where I'm confident in saying, I mean, I've been confident in saying this really for the past three weeks. But among those teams that are below the five, that's what I've been saying, the Packers, Cowboys, Bucks, Cardinals, Rams, I think the 49ers are right there now. I think they are. I think they've separated themselves from that bottom half of the NFC. I think they're right there with the Packers, the Cowboys, the Bucks, Cardinals, Rams, and the Niners. I think the 7 through the seven through 16... That's all going to be determined. But I think the 49ers at least have a hold on this sixth seed. And if the Cardinals continue to lose out, if they do lose for these next three weeks, and the Rams, I mean, who knows what's going to happen on Tuesday. But there's a possibility that the 49ers are going to be right there within the NFC West. I don't know if they're that much closer to the Cardinals, and we'll see with the Cardinals, man. I mean, uh, actually, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to do this live on air. This is not good radio, but you know what? Whatever, we're going to do it anyway. Cardinals schedule. Who do they got coming up? I mean, they got the Colts, the Cowboys, and then the Seahawks as their last game. There's a total possibility that they could be going one and two the rest of the way. I mean, this NFC West, it's it's getting interesting now. This Thursday night game against Tennessee is that much more important. But I think the conclusion that we can come to is the 49ers are playing like they understand their identity, they know their identity, and they're playing like one of the best teams in the NFL right now, winning five of them. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.